Yo, 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 it's your boy, Courtney Anderson, a.k.a. Big C, one half of the Lit Code Podcast with Edgar Jones, the podcast where the menu is short and sweet, there's plenty for your mind to eat. Look, we're back at y'all with a brand new episode entitled The Tale of Quentin Brown, Decisions Debt Paid in Full. Now, Quentin Brown is very near and dear to the podcast because he's the first cousin of Edgar and myself. He's our big cousin. Uh, he's the cousin that taught us all about the game of football. Well, when we were younger, my freshman year, Edgar sophomore year in high school, Quinn Brown was supposed to be blazing the trail through college and on to the NFL. It was obvious. He was 6'2", 245 pounds, played middle linebacker like none other, and he was highly touted out of high school. Unfortunately, one bad decision led to him being incarcerated for 25 years. Just one, first offense. Uh, from there, Edgar picked up that torch. He carried it on and went to the NFL, but Quentin was a big why behind Edgar's push to, to, to make it, to succeed, to go on and, and do that uh, and fulfill that dream that Quentin once had for himself. Now, today's story is not one about uh, what he did to get in there or, or any of that. It's more so a story about how he survived and then how he came out and how he now spreads that message to the youth in our area to keep them from falling down into some of the same pitfalls that he found himself in from making a bad decision. So without further ado, we present to y'all this week's episode. We hope y'all enjoy. We hope y'all evolve. It's the Lit Code. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Welcome to the Eat Cypher, flow hotter than the hands on Peter Piper, and now we would like to introduce you to your rivals, it's like Ali and Tyson, the hook miss with the liking, show nothing Mr. Bison, Maximus and Leonidas, you were in the booth with Titans, goons, goblins, and Vikings, it ain't really nothing like us. Appreciate you, my brother. Yo, it's your boy, Courtney Anderson, aka Big C, one half of the Lit Code Podcast with Edgar Jones podcast with a menu is short and sweet but there's plenty for your mind to eat look we're back with another uh episode <clears throat> and we like to appreciate and thank each and every one of you who who uh support us whether it's by listening whether it's by just shooting us a text sometimes saying you're proud whether it's by watching the podcast whatever it is that you do to support what we got going on we appreciate y'all we thank y'all uh today <clears throat> We have a very, very special guest on, uh, and it's it's really not a guest. It, it really is literally family. Uh, the Lit Code, the name Big C, uh, some of Edgar Jones' journey, some of Courtney's journey don't exist without the catch you see at the bottom of the screen right here. Uh, this is our big oh. cousin. Oh. You know what I'm saying? When, you, when you're from the South, <laughs> family is everything, right? Uh, cousins are more like brothers and sisters. Um, and when you're growing up, your big cousin set the tone. It don't ever really end either. It's always going to be big cousin to live, right? Uh, the guy at the bottom of the screen to Edgar to me, it's like all, a two-year separation. So if, as you can imagine, coming up, we two, four, six. We, we, you know what I'm saying, 10, 12, 14. So our paths crossed a lot. We learned a lot from them. We learned a lot of what to do, what not to do, <laughs> how to do good right. stuff, some bad stuff, you know what I'm saying? But uh, that's a big a big part of our story. And that's, that's Mr. Quentin, 
aka franchise, the franchise, Brian. Uh, I'm going to shoot it over to Egg and let him give his introduction, man, and we're going to kick this thing off. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you all for uh, joining. We appreciate it. Um, now, I'm excited today, man, because this is family and somebody that's played a significant role in my life. Um, my path of, of making it to the NFL, there was a big why behind it. You know, a lot of times, um, well, me and Courtney actually said this before, your why should motivate you and you can't motivate yourself. And I found that my why uh, played a big part with this individual that we got on today, family, a big cousin that we got on today. Um, he molded me with tough love. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, on a couple of occasions, he played a big part in beating me up. Uh, but he always <laughs> had my back. Um, and when I got into football, I had to deal with him in high school on a day-to-day -day basis. When I tried to hide in the back of the crowd, where could y'all say, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> he would get me out there in the ring and demand uh, greatness out of me and push me. And then even after he would finish that, he would always let me know he loved me, man, later on. You know what I'm saying? Whether he's walking to his mama's house or finishing up out the practice. Uh, but going into the league, he was my why. You know, I felt like if I made it, he made it. We all made it, you know, and that played a big part into a lot of things I did in life. So I'm glad to have him on today. Uh, as Corkin said, Quentin franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I just call him QB, man. It's a QB. So glad to have you, bro. Glad to have you. Glad for you to be on. Man, good to be on, man. What's y'all? Y'all good? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we great. Tip top. So uh a question we like to start off with with our guests. Uh who is Quentin Cortez Brown? <laughs> man, for y'all that don't know me, you know, country boy, born and raised, Rayville, Louisiana. Uh, you know, same person I've been for, for so long. I done grew up now, you know what I'm saying? I had the little boy I used to be. I'm a grown man now, you know, so, you know, I appreciate y'all acknowledging me for, you know, the stuff I did for y'all to help y'all through y'all journey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, Egg and I like to say we all just big balls of experience, right, uh, in our reactions to those experiences. Uh, both good and bad manifested is what people see in front of them. That's all anybody is. If I met a guy that I never met before, I can tell him who he is. Cause I know he that, you know what I'm saying? I know he right. his experiences, his reaction to him. Uh so growing up, right, what was your what was your thing? What did you like to do as a youth growing up in Raver? Man, fighting, <laughs> <laughs> being bad, you know. I mean, you know that just every everybody had their goods and bads. Like it, when we was growing up, it was different than how they growing up now, like they got phones now. We ain't have phones. We had, you know where everybody gonna be at because you see bicycles in the yard. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You gonna see everybody at the football, at the rick. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, growing up for me was was kind of, you know, it was a beautiful thing. I wish I could get them days back where, you know, me and Chris Holland, we, 
playing chasing. You know what I'm saying? It just was, man, it was crazy, bro. But, you know, growing up in Raver, man, it really made me, you know, understand family and the importance of how to grow up as a, a, a child. Understand being a child and learn to love and to be a child instead of trying to grow up too fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to say the raver we grew up in is like Wakanda, right? <laughs> it was so many, it was so many people that was like superheroes. And I ain't just talking about elderly people. It was people in the neighborhood that could do anything when we was younger. Uh, I tell people about Robert Essence, rest in peace. But I used to watch Robert flip down the sidewalk, all backflips up onto the bus, right? <laughs> and then he went. <laughs> He right. flip on the bus, he come and pee, he dunk on people. He wouldn't play no sports. He played football like one year playing quarterback. But it was so much of that. You mentioned Chris Holland. You mentioned uh, playing chase with them. Remember our cousin Darius, R.I.P., playing dominoes with them growing up. Uh, yeah. Family was a big thing, right? Uh, I never, I did skip the part on how all of us are related. We all spook as grandboys. <laughs> Grandma, okay. uh, my my daddy is their mother's only brother. <clears throat> uh, and after school, some of us went to school in Monroe, some of us went in Raven. After school, everybody would get together at grandmother's house, right? Uh, all the kids, <laughs> you had to learn a, a pecking order. Q was run, one of the leaders. He kind of put everybody in place, taught us what to do, what not to do. Uh, and like Edgar said, he would rough us up, but he always had our back. Uh, what Edgar did mention was football, though, NFL, football. What role did football play in your life as a youth? Man, it kept me out of trouble. It kept me out the way. I was, you know, honestly, you know, you got basketball players, you got football players, you got everybody do their own thing. Football kept me grounded, kept me, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to be, you know, everybody, you know, back then it was Ray Lewis, <laughs> Edgar Noden, 52, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was my, you know, that was my motivation, him, bro. I just wanted to be good at what I was, you know, for the position I played, but you know, we got through to the woods in the eighth grade. They sent me to, to, to high school. I'm up there with Biggie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boss. Brian Lawson, you know what I'm saying? I'm a freshman. So, I mean, I'm in the eighth grade. I ain't hit high school yet. So, they they threw me, Ernest Mill, all this to the woods. was like, hey, y'all go do what y'all doing. You know what I'm saying? So, Coach Mangum called us in. was like, hey, I need y'all. I know y'all some ignorant freshmen, but I need y'all next year. He, you know, he threw us to the line. Threw us in that line then, bro. It's basically from now on out, bro, just being in the eighth grade, seeing how they was coming in the high school, it made me want to play. Well, it made me want to get better. You know what I'm saying? It also motivated me, though, to keep y'all, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew y'all was coming right up behind me. You see what I'm saying? So I knew I had to set the pace. I had to set the tone. You know what I'm saying? So that's it, bro. You know, I just all I love the game of football. I still do. You know, it's kind of hard for me to watch it. You know, even when... Cuz was in, you know, he went to the league. It used to be hard for me to watch sitting in the can, you know what I'm saying? Being confined, seeing him, but that's what kept me going, you know what I'm saying? On my journey enough, you know what I'm saying? To watch him every Sunday, 
You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's it, bro. Shout out mm. to Ethel Jones, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that boy kept me going, though. I ain't gonna lie. He kept me going in that boy. Hey, yeah, Lee. Um, you talk about that I kept you going. Why Why is it that, um, because you talk about when you was in eighth grade going up there where the high schoolers was at and getting put in pretty much that jungle at a young age. Why is it that you demanded that so much out of us? Because I because I knew, here's the thing, when I got up there, I knew there wasn't a day I could take off. Because there was anybody that wasn't going to let me take that day off. I mean, obviously, Coach Brown, a lot of other players, they demanded that out of us. But you really set the tone. Why was that? Because I knew where we came from. You feel me? Ain't nobody made it on our side of the family. Ain't nobody took that extra step. You know what I'm saying? We got a good family. You know that. Christians go to church every Sunday. But who set the tone to, to go to the next level? You see what I'm saying? We was all freaking nations. 6'2", 225 in, in junior high. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got to you gotta be able to set, somebody had to be able to set the tone. You know what I'm saying? My cousin's on my my daddy's side, like my cousin Dexter Buckhouse, he played for Ohio State. My uncle Larry Brown, you know, mm -hmm. he played at Alcorn State for he had his father. Like he was playing in front of McNeil. So I mean, I know the genetics in me, but I just wanted to take it to the next level because you got I got a little cousin behind me, you know what I'm saying? Like this is me being a leader my whole life, bro. I ain't I don't know how to do nothing else. You know what I'm saying? So it's just me wanting to be great to see y'all be great. You know what I'm saying? And when I fell short to what I fell short to, you know what I'm saying? You was right behind me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if God had a plan for me to fall, for you to succeed. Yeah. But that's what happened. You see what I'm saying? So whatever I did for you, it worked out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it worked yeah. out for all of us. You feel me? Yeah. I often say it take it took every day. If I ask you how long it took for all three of us to get here, we can't say 10 years. We can't say we got to say every day. So every right. every single thing that happened from now to then, <clears throat> I'm not, I don't believe that uh that when bad stuff happened, it's a way God wanted it to happen that oh, way. Uh that's the, yeah, he'll come here, jump back. But I uh I said to you till you get back. I don't believe that. Uh, let me see. That when bad stuff happens, you know, people will say, "Well, that's the way God wanted it to happen." I don't necessarily believe that. I think that we decisions will uh, kind of help alter what Radley can be at times. You know what I'm saying? And then we got to work our way through whatever that decision got us to. Uh, but when he did make the decisions, whatever decisions he made, right, we was left to work through what we had to work through without him. You know what I'm saying? You were behind him. I was behind you, right? So uh, that whole time, uh, I'm following. I'm following your path. You know what I'm saying? After after he's gone, I'm following. 
I'm following the tone you set. Uh, right. We got you back in now, Q. Uh, yeah. What I what I was basically telling Elgie is, uh, some people will say, "Well, that's the way God wanted it to happen." I don't necessarily agree. I, I feel like uh, we got decisions to make, and then those decisions we make alter what reality is. But right. once you make them, you in it. So now everybody gotta work with what you got at the time based off that decision. You see what I'm saying? So you're right though. <clears throat> You made a decision that that caused a pitfall for you, but Elga see it instead of Elga turning the same way he turned up. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Now I'm behind him. I'm going on recruiting trips with him. Now you said all of us was genetic freaks. We all were. Now I had the 220 part in high school, but y'all start going <laughs> this way and mine start going that way. <laughs> the only other problem I had was I should have got here back twice because I was a 16 year old senior. But but. I can tell y'all that that same thing you talk about. I knew Coach Brown came and got you, where Coach Mangum came and got you from the eight. Y'all wasn't winning, but I couldn't wait till Coach Brown came down to my eighth grade year as 11, 12 year old and say, hey, y'all, you, you, and you come to practice. Right, right. Because right, now <clears throat> I get to go up here with my big cousins. At, right now, I don't know no better. <laughs> so I'm thinking, because I see you calling Egg every time. Well, I'm going to get in behind him. 12 years old, you, Mario, Ratliff, whoever. <laughs> I'm right, about to right, dump man. my little stupid tail down here <laughs> and get tore up too. That's off of what you was putting down though. You see what I'm saying? Uh, let me paint a picture for all of y'all. So by the time our cousin Quinn Brown gets to be a senior, uh, now, now he's about 6'2", 245. Everybody <laughs> that's got that's a school looking at him, he playing middle linebacker. And guard, but middle linebacker is his thing, right? We got team cleats, but Quinn Brown don't have team cleats. He's got these green zipper cleats, right? <laughs> right. Everybody else don't get visor. Quinn Brown got a visor in. He got a Douglas. My auntie is a is a is a wizard seamstress, so the number fifty two is sewn into the back of his Douglas. Right, he got a he got tattoos up his own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, when we come, when we come and get out, and <laughs> we come off the bus, y'all gonna know who that is, right? Uh, I can remember Oak Grove his senior year. The announcer got tired of saying his name, and after a while, he started saying this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again on the tackle, number fifty-two, because <laughs> he had he ended up with like twenty-three tackles that game. So he was he was the man, and we had to follow that act. Uh, but it was great because we were him. So whatever we want, ain't nobody finna mess with us, right? I remember telling him that a coach talked to me crazy, Coach Sherrod, <laughs> and him going to check that. You know what I'm saying? So anything we want, girls, wherever we want to go, anything, we had it because of what he was putting down. So that gives us something to look forward to. Uh, what was that feeling like? Like when you finally, I mean, you mentioned the Big E's, the bosses, the Brian Lawson's, that, that, they carried that torch first and then all of a sudden it's yours. What was that, what was that feeling like? Man, you know what? You When when you destined to be something that you want to be, it don't even, it just fall in place. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? When you destined to be, be great, you got to want to be great. You know what I'm saying? So 
it was, I mean, it's just just failing plays. Like, I watched them. Like, I came up on the boat. Brian Lawson, you know, they were pretty boys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's who we got our swag from. You know, Boss was the was the big dog, you know, running you over. I ain't finna play with you. I ain't doing no talking. You know what I'm saying? I got this side from him. I just got a lift from everybody. Big E, they had their ears. They were sneaky with it, though. So when I catch on a crankbait, I got that from Big E now. You see what I'm saying? So I kind of put everybody's character to my own self and to the way I played the game. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a that's a skill though. Uh that that what you started with. <clears throat> when you want to be great at just falling place and being able to just take that and go with it, everybody can't do that. One one of your attributes has always been Quinn ain't scared, Quinn ain't gonna be nervous. Everybody ain't got that. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? Like that's, that's that if factor. They call yeah, it that if factor. That's what it is. So it's like, but but see, everybody does have it. But the it has to be your it though for you to have it. Right. When you right. come into it and it just flow like that, you'll know it. You know what I'm saying? Right. This speaking thing, Edgar was looking for a spark for a while after the game, right? Now that same feeling he get coming out the tunnel, that's what he get before he's speaking. That's it. When I'm writing, we finna hit the studio or anything like that. That's it. I don't. I don't feel that. That just. You know what I'm saying? So. That was your thing. Football was your was your thing. You did it to a T. You did it well. Uh, you got scholarship offers from everywhere. You end up at Southern, uh, which again, if I'm if I'm telling everybody the truth, I graduated from Southern. <laughs> so <laughs> if right. that tell y'all anything about the follow ups, that's how that's how that goes. Uh, talk about your your time there. Uh, being recruited to Southern and what what that was like touching campus. Well, I, I you know I signed with U.S.L.M. Mm -hmm. That was my first. I signed with them. Um, they signed me to JUCO in Gulf Gulfport Community College. Mm -hmm. I went there for a couple weeks. Didn't like it, you know what I'm saying? And they tried to get me to play defense in. You know I ain't finna go for that. The mm -hmm. linebackers, y'all got these dudes, seniors, first day of practice. Everybody looking at me like, man, who this dude is? <laughs> I get out there and lay lumber, the first first player of the game. So they like, man, we're going to let you start at um, defensive end. This is the first day I done pull up on campus. I don't know nobody. Man, we need a defense end. You need to play defense end. So, you know, man, going for that. I've been playing linebacker all my life. And the linebackers, y'all got trash, bubba dude. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So, you know, I ain't like the decision, so I ended up going calling mom. And mom was like, man, whatever decision you decide, go. So when I ended up coming home in a couple of days, Pete Richardson, you know, he was crazy about me in high school. He sent me letters. I wouldn't even look. You know, we get letters in school. We ain't looking for Ramblin'. Southern, we looking for the big names. Mm -hmm. But Pete had been watching me from my since my, like, freshman year. You know what I'm saying? So he was, you know, he called mama was like, you know, um, can I come have a visit with him or whatever? And she was like, yeah. So he came. Man, he pulled up to the house. He got a taste way for my ninth grade year. He got 10th grade year. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like it was that was the best decision to make to go to Southern. You know, I couldn't go to another D1 college because of the situation with you and them and Gulfport. So I ended up going to Southern. 
And I mean, you know, Southern Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, bro. <laughs> you know, you come over, you come over the hump. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's different, bro. You know, the atmosphere, the people, the cultures. But you know, I, I mean, that was short lived. I stayed in school with about three, four weeks before I end up going, getting caught up and going to jail. So I really ain't get to enjoy it, you know. But you know, it was fun while I was there. Yeah. <clears throat> and talk about talk about that Q. Just uh what led up to that moment? That three or four weeks you was down in Southern and oh, home uh, and all that. Yeah, well, um, you know, I had you know, that's when I had that caprice. Yeah. So I ended up letting one of my partners use my car. He told me the car got stolen. I I'm in school, keep in mind, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing in school, so he called me like the car got stolen. I let him borrow the car. So I shoot home, you know. Y'all know my caprice. I was crazy about that caprice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up coming home, couldn't find out who had my car. A couple of days later, found out who had the, well, the car or whatever. And, you know, came home and just got, you know, found out who had the car. Didn't find out who had my rims or whatever. So just I made a dumb decision. I wasn't thinking. See, a lot of a lot of us don't make rational decisions. We make dumb decisions because we're young. We don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? And I came home with the intent to, oh, somebody got my cop, you know? And look what it landed on me. You know what I'm saying? So then the, the, the trouble that I got into, the guy that I did it to, he didn't even have nothing to do with it. You see what I'm saying? Just one dumb decision to leave school led into another dumb decision into doing something I had no business doing. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, it was it's it was it's 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 hard, but it's fair. You know what I'm saying? I would take my situation back for nothing in the world because prison actually raised me. It made me who I am today. You see what I'm saying? Oh, uh, a lot of people go in there, fall weak, fall by the wayside, come home. You know, tushin. Institution like y'all know what institution like. I know that. You know what I'm saying? One leg still using the bathroom, shower, so, you know, just crazy. I ain't come out there like that because I had a I had a phone in jail. Like I stayed in contact. You know what I'm saying? He know. You know what I'm saying? I kept this cell phone. You feel me? So I, I kept my mind to the streets. Everything that was going on, yo stats. I got a phone. You see what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, it ain't really, I, I can really, I can't really go into detail of how, what happened, when it happened, you know what I'm saying? Because my people is still fighting, trying to get out, you know what I'm saying? My father, probably, my co defender, shout out to Vario Turner too, man. You know, free that boy. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, bro. Yeah. So we won't, we won't go into detail what happened, but uh, you mentioned the decision. Right, and I, I, I imagine because I know how connected you were to that car. Uh, what we looking at 90, 95 Caprice? Was that, was that what it was? 93. 93 came to blue, yeah. assassin, yeah. the one look like many blinds, right? right. <laughs> uh, came to my house plenty of times. Oh, come on, man, fix this box. <laughs> so we the speakers right. all through it. We listening to Charlie Boy. On the BIBI verse, <laughs> at least 22 times a day if we in there. Right. We're gonna hit the corner. He telling me, hey, hey, 
Hey man, come on, you're supposed to be the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> we hit right. the we hit the corner. We gotta start at that Charlie Boy part. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. We need to start right there. Cause then the beat gonna drop behind him, <laughs> <it>, right? <laughs> I know how tired he was to the car because I was tired to it. This is important for the youngsters, young men especially. <clears throat> what happened was when he heard somebody stole your car, there was emotion involved, right? right? When you find out who's supposed to have it, it's emotion involved. I'm mad, I'm hurt, you stole my car. Now you're making a decision while emotions are involved, right? Egg and I, we, we have a, a little uh, display we do. We shake up a drink, right? and everything all over the place on the inside. And if you open it while it's shook up, it's going to go everywhere. Probably going to get a bad deal out of it. So when you act off emotion at the time, anger, whatever, you ain't going to think rational, right? You thinking, all you seeing is red and you about to flash and crash, right? Right. That's what it led to now. Uh, we won't go into details about what happened, but the charges you got... <clears throat> led up to a certain amount of time being called out. Uh, you hear that time, 25 years. Really, really, 75, if, you, if you're being technical, right? Uh, <laughs> but, really, yeah, really, when he, said, when he said 25, yeah, on three. I ain't hear nothing else. <laughs> yeah. If the room went, I couldn't hear nothing. That's it. Yeah. You feel yeah. me? So. Yeah. Luckily, they get to run concurrent instead of consecutive. Because if not, that's 75, flat right. out, right? What's, I, I know you said you couldn't hear nothing else. You gotta look at your mama. For the youngsters out there who may be deciding to uh, flash, crash, they got that attitude. Now they walk with that in front though. That's, that's what they wanna do. So for the ones who may wanna do that, explain that feeling, hearing that, seeing your mama in there, what, what is that? Man, that shit the worst feeling in the world. When your mama, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody, man, you can do all the dirt in the world, but your mama ain't gonna never admit to you doing. She could see you shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah. But she still gonna have your back, you feel me? But for to put her in a situation to know that she finally finna lose you, man, that's the worst feeling in the world. You know what I'm saying? Because now what you're doing is you done put her in a position because of your decisions. Now she got to spend money to come see you every weekend. You got 25 years. I got 25 years. My first offense, I ain't never had a ticket or nothing. You see what I'm saying? So it's like once you get that time, bro, once that judge, you in front of that judge and he tell you them 90 years or Whatever decision you finna make to get a hundred life, ain't no coming back from that. You know what I'm saying? You can fight ten years on your charge. Oh, I'm a girlfriend. You could lie and tell everybody, oh, I got man, the judge finna do this for man. The judge ain't finna do shit for you, man. You know what I'm saying? Once you end up, you end up. Ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Only thing is faith and hope and prayer, all that can work out. But bro, once you do the crime. And they got you dead to the right, bro. Ain't no shaking back from that shit. So the best thing for y'all to do is just sit fuck down, go to school, be great at something else other than trying to be great for these little girls out here, these little dudes out here. Because 
once you go to jail, they gonna be gone. Ain't no more partners and girlfriends and whatever you got going on. Once you get enough, you for the state, bro. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no turning back. Ain't no, you know what I'm saying, coming back from it. So, man, it, it, that was just different for me, bro. You know, knowing I ain't never did nothing. 25 years. Man, you know, I, I went to jail when I was 19. I'm doing, I'm trying to count the numbers on my head in my head. My mind clicking for my, I'm like, man, 25. They're like, you got to do, what, 18 on 25, something like that. No, I had to do 17 on 20 because I ended up giving five years back after two years when I was in there. But that just go to show you, it took me two years to get just five years back. I'm still stuck with 20. You see what I'm saying? 17 flat. First time ever getting in trouble. So it's different, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's different, bro. It's different ball game. Yeah, I know how I know how I felt when I heard it. And I and I get to how I felt when I heard it. When you heard the time, Elgin, what went through your mind? Oh man, I Man, honestly, bro, it hurt, but I just felt like I kept hearing cute voice in my head say, keep your head up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like at practice, when it got rough or uh, it got tough, just him always pushing us. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like, yeah, in the moment, I probably could do my crying and I could be hurt and, and sad, but that ain't going to do no good, you know, as far as, what he would what he would want out of us with him being the leader, being the older cousin and pushing us. So like I gotta do it. Cause when he before that happened, I'm looking like, yo, this this dude about to go to the league. So when that happened, now I'm just looking around. I'm like, yo, you up next. Ain't no other, ain't no turning back. So that like fueled me even more. Um and pushed me even more, you know. So I felt like, yo, dude, I gotta make this for him. For him. Yeah. Um, I guess I was about 14, 14, 15, probably about to be 15. Uh, all I knew to do was everything he had already been doing. So around the same time, before you know it, I got 16 pit bulls now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, we. If if it's a freestyle in the bathroom, I'm about to go the hardest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If if whatever's going on, uh, I adopted the Ravens as my favorite team a little after that because Ray Lewis was the 52, right? Uh, a lot of the stuff, fishing, hunting, all that stuff, turning up with it. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I would ask myself, well, what would, what would Q do when nobody? All the if getting punked out and all that stuff out the window now, cause I gotta live up to a certain thing that Big Cuz left behind. Uh, the interesting thing is somehow I don't I don't think we ever went more than maybe four months the whole stint. Why didn't either see him or talk to him? Somehow or another, I was making sure I stayed in contact somehow. Part of that part of that reason was because after you went off the school and then to the league, I felt like I had to be the connect between the two. Cause I talked to you. I know you can't talk to him as much, but I also talked to him. Cause every time I talk to him, 
If I sit down in front of him, one the first thing he gonna he gonna tell me, boy, you getting fat, man? What age up to? That's the first thing he gonna ask every time. You know what I'm saying? Man, boy, you big, boy, you big, boy, you big old joke. What what Edgar up to? You seen age, boy? You taught the age. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I felt like I had to be the glue for that. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> you in there, right? First day in. What's that fit? Is it, is it, is it, and I know it may be a crazy question to ask, is it fear? Is it nerves? What, what is it? First day in the, uh, and then after that question, when did it shift and, and, and you made up in your mind, I'm going to have to go with this lifestyle to survive it till I get out. What, what kept you going? When, when did that flip happen for you? So first day in, what's the feeling? And then when did the, Flip happened. The first, the first day in there, the flip happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because now it, it got to carry on for me, doing what I was doing out here, and to to another. You know what I'm saying? It's just the instinct. The animal, we animals by nature, to mm -hmm. me. You feel me? But everybody don't have what you said earlier. It back. You see what I'm saying? So. Me fighting, me being bad, all that led into them. That was nothing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now I got to figure out a way how I could get myself out of jail. Because mm -hmm. this fighting, this fighting and stabbing and doing all this extra in jail, like, no, only, it's going to only do so much. I need to get a trade. You see what I'm saying? I need to try to get in these programs to try to get some of this time back. You know what I'm saying? So dudes going to try you in jail every day. That if factor got it got to come out right then. So a lot of these dudes, y'all listen to this. I'm gonna tell y'all this right now. A lot of y'all that's shooting and doing all this gangster stuff out here is different in jail, but you gotta fight, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it just it, the first day in wasn't really bad. You know, I, I was in Winsboro. I remember landing that cell, man. It's cold as hell on the floor. No mattress, no nothing. Just laying in there, in handcuffs, you feel me? In my mind, I'm like, damn, I done fucked up. You know what I'm saying? They got me dead to the right. What I'm finna do now? What decision I need to make? Now I'm finna have to do this. And it's just like, when you summon in the open pot with all these dudes from all different, you know what I'm saying, lifestyles, and I'm living around, the change had to change then, you know what I'm saying? So basically, bro, you know, it, it, it just, it, it is what it, it is, man. You got to be what you is. You know, you are what you eat. <laughs> I'm saying? It's a dog-to-dog -dog world in there, bro. So, you know, and I'm going to say this, though. Man, this dude used to fight. Man, I used to be ever tell, bro. We just talked about this the other night, right? So, me and El, the last fight, bro. <laughs> Behind that Woodland House, I don't know if I, we were playing basketball or something. Ed kind of got with me. You see what I'm saying? Because he got tired. You feel me? So, man, it's just like the fighting thing. Like, I've been a fighter my whole life. So, me going to jail, you know, it wasn't no different. Me having to, I had to survive in there the same way I'm surviving out here. You know what I'm saying? That rough, that, we rough. We've been rough our whole life. You know it. Uncle <laughs> Bo riding horses. It's just a different lifestyle now. You know what I'm saying? So that's it, bro. It's just, it, it, it ain't for the week, bro.
if you're weak, man, go go to school, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because when that man tell you 25 years of life, bro, I swear, you ain't going to be the same, bro, when you come home, bro. Mentally, you know, it ain't for everybody. That's what kept me going was reading. And my mama worked in the library for 30 years, Ed. Yeah. I ain't read a book till I went to jail. You see what I'm saying? I've been here all the time. We just been you hear me? Mm -hmm. We in there every day, every day. Ed, on Tuesdays for the little, <laughs> what the little, some cloner. I never grabbed a book in school or nothing. It took me to go to prison to read a book, bro. And I read a lot of books in jail. You know what I'm saying? And find peace and read now. So, man, it's just, you know, you just, it's a decision. When you make decisions, bro, based upon life, bro, and doing what you're doing, you know, it don't it don't make no sense to go to jail, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What what would you say was your was your worst moment in the like Dang. Well, my my worst my worst moment is losing. I had a lot of worst moments because I lost a lot of people in jail. You know what I'm saying? Me knowing that my worst fear in jail was me losing my mama, uh, me dying, mm -hmm. not knowing if I'm a, you know what I'm saying? My mama leaving my mama out here. Me not having kids, because I, I went to jail and had no kids. You see what I'm saying? My mama dying and not having nobody to fall back on. You see what I'm saying? Oh, uh, I lost a grandmother in jail. I lost a lot of people in prison, bro. And that's like the worst thing. Oh, um, as far as like situations, man, <laughs> I don't think it's, it, I done seen it all, bro. I done seen stabbings, I done got caught with phones, I done had relationship with female guard. It ain't nothing worse than not being able, when you, when them people, you go to, you go on the court in jail too now. You see what I'm saying? So they could, if you get caught with a cell phone, drugs, all that you gotta go to court. Mm -hmm. They'll take good time from you. So if you're going home next year, they could take some good time from you and you won't come home till the year after. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's decisions that you make in there, it reflect it's the same as out here. You know what I'm saying? That's how I survive out here and I fall to the streets. Don't get caught with the cell phone. That's all I thought about in prison. Don't get caught with the cell phone. I never got caught with a cell phone in prison. You see what I'm saying? And the same rules apply here. That's mm -hmm. how, you know, that's what keep me going. Don't get caught with the cell phone. That's the mentality that I have. Don't get caught. If you don't get caught, what you're doing, you're going to be straight. And I ain't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. I always know you to be a very optimistic person, meaning you're going to look at it. I got that. I'm going to look at the glass half full all the time. That's a decision, too. A lot of people who fall into, uh, and, and I'm not saying that's the only thing that can make you fall into depression or whatever, but it's always something bad for you to look at, but it's always something great there too. Even in what seem like the worst situations, right? It's always, right. as long as you ain't dead, you got a shot. It's always that there. So uh, was there any moment in there that you, that you failed to looking at it from a bad way? Like, hey man, I ain't getting out of here or, I'm depressed or like was it any moment like that where you 
faltered a little bit. Like, man, damn, this. Yeah, like you know, when you're doing time, you you gotta you can't, you can't worry about what's going on out here. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, and there they have they had football, soda pads. You know that kept me going. Mm-hmm. They had boxing. You know, I had my running boxing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think year ten, that's when it hit me. Like, damn, you'd have been here ten years, bro. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Y'all coming to see me? Y'all getting older with bills? <laughs> y'all bringing kids to see me? It's just like, well, damn. You know that that thing, I think that ten year mark, bro, really set me down. I was like, man, you know, you really in here. You really, you, you know, you got seven more to go. And you know what I'm saying? That's how I did my time. I did like right five gone. Once I got my time, like five gone, ten gone. When I got to that 10, I was like, well, I need to get this five more. Once I get this five more, then, you know, I'll be close to coming home. You see what I'm saying? So, man, it's, it's prison is depressing every day, bro. Um, I've seen a lot of dudes kill themselves, pain themselves, uh, take their own life with razors, swallowing, swallowing razors. It's, 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 it it depends on who you is, though, bro. You know, you got to have faith. You got to be strong. But you know, every day was depressing to me seeing y'all talking to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Not being able to go use the bathroom when I need to use the bathroom. Being told when to eat, when to shower. You see what I'm saying? When I could talk to my people on the phone for 15 minutes. You know, so every every day in there is depressing, Courtney. <laughs> Shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um I'm happy you said something you just said that you broke your time down. Uh, there's a life lesson in anything, right? Dead in itself. I just put out a post about all I, my aunties ain't ain't Willie, ain't winning, ain't Ola May. Some of my aunties in the past, they they like to cook. And when I say cook, I don't mean cook for five people. I mean like right. <laughs> it can well, be 50 nice. to 100 <laughs> right. or, or 100 or more, you know what I'm saying? But the way they make these meals, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that at a time. It don't just happen like that and then the meal, they don't just go in the kitchen for five minutes and they come back out with all this stuff. And they making everything from the right. sides to the main to the drinks. <laughs> they, they gonna make all this. Right. 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 A little making here, a little making there. Anything you face, any challenge you face, it's best to not think that I gotta get this all fixed at once. Right. A little bit at a time. Like you said, five years here. And in between time, you picking up on new stuff. You learn how to weld in there. You mentioned boxing. Uh, I would I would come from Southern when you were at Dixon. It wasn't too far. I come to the boxing matches, right, bring right. a little eye candy. You know what I'm right. saying? To- <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but just to come see you and watch you, and you don't know what it's like to know. So any challenge I faced on the outside. I felt like even if I got down on myself for a second, I'm like, man, I got a cousin with one point in Dixon. But then later, the last year's in Angola. I'm like, man, I got a cousin in Angola. And every time I talk to him, we laugh. People don't understand the the <laughs> this is a funny guy down here too. Egg and I have said this a bunch of times, but I don't think people understand the power of laughter 
finding something to laugh at, especially when you're in a depressing spot. Like laughter really scientifically releases endorphins. Endorphins are like our feel good drugs, our body. I know you in there cracking jokes the whole time. <laughs> stuff to laugh right, at. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, when I would talk to you or go see you, when you see me, you're going to hit that little sideways smirk. And for me, <laughs> my cousin in Angola, and when I see him, he's smiling. So what the hell I'm tripping about a test? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is easy. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm a smart guy. That's my right. age. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm tripping off this test, this paper, uh, interviewing for this job, whatever. So you don't know, you don't really realize until we tell you how much your optimism and keeping going in there the whole time. 17 years is a long time. I just told you I was 14. I don't even know what that is yet. The judge said him 25, he 19. He don't even know what 25 years is yet. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. We not only read about it or seen it on movies when they say across the screen 25 years later. We don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Really? But it took us every day to get to this point. Uh, briefly, I don't, don't want to stay on this too much longer. But briefly, what did boxing do for you in there? Was was that like your – did you find football again when you found boxing? Was that what that was like to you? No, nah, it just was staying active. And I liked mm -hmm. the fight. But boxing taught me discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first went to DCI, uh, that was when everybody was doing like prison boxing in Louisiana big. Mm -hmm. You know, and all of the, the – you know, I love Angola. The fighters in Angola, you know what I'm saying? I know they're going to be mad when they, they see this right here, but DCI had the best fighters. Like, my the, my trainer is Roy Jones Jr., head trainer, Barry's Cooper Wap. He did 37 years. Now he out here training Roy Jones. You know Babyface, Eric mm -hmm. Walker. He did 15. He was on the contender. Mm -hmm. Made it, what, number, number three, number two or three on contender. Mm -hmm. So, all the best fighters was where I was at. So me being a fighter, I just, you know, I was like, man, I'm finna go boxing. I know how to fight, you know what I'm saying? And they put me in there the first day with, with, with the one that they champion. So they was like, man, nah, we gotta put him on the team. So it basically bounced. Cause they gave me a different. It was a different. See what football perspective on you know being disciplined within myself. So that's why that's why I started boxing. That's why I love boxing to this day because it it taught me to master myself. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know how to master yourself, you be lost. Yeah, I think we I think we're getting in trouble with this Wi-Fi. Let's see. What is it's connected? Can you hear me, Edgar? That's when I got to the point of learning how to really uh, master myself and deal with myself and understand myself and be able to have the discipline enough to know 
that either I'm disciplined at doing good things or I'm disciplined at doing things the wrong way. But can't nobody avoid discipline. You discipline that <laughs> tans you up and acting a fool, going out and, and, and acting crazy, or you discipline when Master that and win that. I mean, what else really are we talking about? That's <laughs> it. You got to know yourself, bro. In, order to, in life, period, you got to be able to master yourself. Now, you master yourself, sky's the limit, bro. You got to know yourself. You got to know your boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Your limitations. You know, uh, football, it'll do, it'll do that. It's going to teach you, you know, how Coach Brown push you. I'm going to push you. But how much you going to push yourself? That's what matters yourself. You see what I'm saying? That's what it's going to always come down to at the end of the day. You hey, versus you. You know what? You know what? You versus you, bro. You know what's crazy, Q, when you say that, uh, I remember, I think, this is when you first got out and we was talking about you. I I I been knew you was boxing when you was in, but when you got out, we was talking about boxing. And uh I think I told you something about me running. He was like, man, you're crazy. He was like, but you was like running good for you. Yeah. You know, I actually started getting out there running, like hitting them long mile runs with no music out there by myself. Like Thank learning you. how to happen to that. Yeah, that's different. That's different, bro. Yeah, that's, that's different. Running, thinking to yourself. You know what I'm saying? You breathe, you got to control your breathing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to tap into yourself when you're running long distance, bro. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, before before we get off that, did anybody ever humble you in that ring, though? Did you ever, <laughs> did you ever run into that oh, one? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I done got humbled a lot, but it was in the... It was in the gym when I first mm -hmm. started. Oh, uh, one out, what junior middleweight, junior welterweights, Demond Brock, he fought mm -hmm. pro out here too. I'm in that spawn him. He like one forty seven. I'm like two, <laughs> two ten. I threw a wild hook. He weaved it. Wow, felt like somebody cut me with a knife. But I was down for like two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but um. Brian Johnson, Babyface Johnson, oh man, they they man, they just they they blues me, bro. Like, yeah. see how I used to blues at practice. <laughs> you rather lose in the gym than lose at a fight. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And them dumb dudes went beyond training. Like we running miles before we even like before we even spawn spawn day. We running three or four hours. You know, you get that luxury in prison. When you train the boxing, you that's your job. Everybody else in the field cutting corn or picking whatever. Our job is to train every day all day. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I got humbled a lot, bro. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about sports. It's always always somebody out there for you. <laughs> always somebody out there for you. Yeah, you you and uh, the one you least expect be the one that gets you. Yeah, they'll, they'll get you. They'll show that you some this one. That boy 147, boy, put me down, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's that's part of the thrill of it, right? It's part of the thrill of trying anything new. 
uh, whether you knew it or not, every time you picked up something new, you made yourself small enough to grow and that gives you something to uh, help you get past time. Like while you, while you concentrating on growing through this, you ain't really thinking about time that much. You see what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. I'm in a new environment to grow. Egg and I right. said, now we try to find different ways all the time to grow. Like I, I said, I was going to write a book a while ago. I wrote it. That was an opportunity for me to grow. Cause I never wrote one before. You see what I'm saying? Right. But it's only, it can only be a new challenge once. Cause once I do it, now I know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, so I mentioned, I mentioned the fact that I did music <clears throat> because you did it when we were younger, not, not like, as far as like uh, really jumping in the yard and really trying to push it, but you did it and I did it. So uh, uh, another thing, right? I started to get into the studio. So now I know how to do this. If anybody that's seen any of my old videos, the beginning of the video, I always have this fella sitting on it with this very, very, very high and tight ball fade. Uh, and it's gonna say, uh, Free QB on there, right? That was that was him. That was for him. I don't know what's going on with this, but uh, can y'all hear me right now? No, 